great news, Buggy fans. Shoot the shit is back. That's right, season two, with all new interviews from folks across the wide world of this sport of buggy that we all love. So strap in your safety harnesses, look for those shoot flags as we turn into another great round of buggy stories as we shoot the shit. Hello, everybody. Welcome back and happy carnival week, I guess. Uh, Obviously, no normal race day this year, no normal carnival not really any normal anything this past year for any of us. And obviously, everybody's been affected in their own specific way. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like me and wondering, how did it affect sweepstakes? This is one of the episodes I most wanted to record this year. Um, So I sit down with uh, Tisha and Bethany, uh, the chair and safety chair respectively this year. And we just talk about what did they have to go through to even get roles off the ground dealing with university, national, state regulations, uh, you know, something like a buggy room, which is normally packed with 20 people or whatever. How do you do that and social distance and be safe, keep this sport alive, keep it moving. So a lot of really interesting stuff here about what they had to do to even get things rolling this year and what to actually expect um, out of those roles. Obviously, no normal race day. Uh, but what do the roles look like and what opportunities are there for these current students? So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in, talk to the chairs and shoot the shit. Hi, everyone. I'm Tisha. I'm the sweepstakes chairman for this year. Hi, I'm Bethany and I'm sweepstakes safety chair. Thank you both for joining. Um, safety obviously taking on a whole new meaning this year. You know, I think it was interesting talking last year with some of the chairs and whatnot where Right, COVID came in very unexpectedly uh, as we were in the heat of preparations for race day. Granted, you know, we all, I think, going into the summer had different expectations of when stuff might lift. Uh, Obviously, we're still in the heat of it now. But I guess what kind of was that like in terms of the summer and just how it affected your prep and sort of the, the sport and what was your thinking in terms of just trying to make everything happen, given, you know, we were in a pretty intense pandemic and there was so much uncertainty. I think at least like when I first became safety chair, like early summer, uh, I wasn't really sure. No one was really sure, like in April or May, how long this would go on. So everyone kind of was trying to like manage their expectations. But I think for me, like I, I was expecting it to go on like a little less long. Uh, so like, <laughs> We were planning on having like a slightly more normal year of buggy, but like it's just been like that constant like adaptation. Yeah, I mean, I think for us kind of going into it pretty much in May, like late May, early June, we had already reached out to the administration and we're talking to them and like trying to figure out how we can make this happen because I don't think any of us thought it would be as difficult as it ended up being or as much of a process. Um, And we had kind of already put together a plan and a way of making it happen. But unfortunately, at that point, I think even the university was unsure of what things were going to look like in the fall. So they weren't able to give us much like we were in some ways ahead of them um, in trying to, like, figure things out and make things happen. Um, But it definitely put us in a really good place kind of in the fall because we had already started kind of thinking about those things. Yeah. And what were some of the elements sort of that you were were planning or have been able to execute on as far as making this year happen within the constraints we have? We first sent them like a whole proposal in July 
outlining how we would like follow the lockdown guidelines and how we would maintain social distancing like while still doing buggy? I think that one thing that we were kind of we were misaligned with with like the university on was how many people they'd be comfortable with us having because mm -hmm. that was kind of the biggest initial roadblock we had was just like you know buggy especially roles involves a lot of people and we weren't expecting to need to minimize it as much as we ended up having to do you know you know half the teams only have eight people on the course for a day of roles so i think that was one of the big ones that we were kind of trying to figure out initially Right. Cause I guess you have the 250 rule or whatever. And how does that really apply when you are as spread out as you might be on the course and stagger time? So that's tricky. Cause it's one of those things, even I've wondered where like you can social distance pretty well on the course. I would imagine things like a buggy room <laughs> being a, a particularly difficult challenge so you know once the year started kind of what were you able to do what were you limited to doing because i think a lot of alums are, are curious you know how much actually was able to go and how, how creative everyone was able to get we spent a long time waiting for them to just like figure out what paperwork they wanted us to fill out so like tisha said we were kind of ahead of them a little bit because they didn't have like every form that they needed to have created uh that they decided they wanted us to fill out mm. and they didn't have exactly the format they wanted these proposals to be in. So even though we had like been communicating with the university and been talking to people, at least in the fall, it was a lot of waiting and figuring out like what exactly we would be able to do. I guess kind of from the university down to you all, down to the, the team chairs, you're just constantly having to communicate like still not sure no buggy activity like what were the teams trying to do is there sort of like uh, pressure coming from that side i mean i think everyone was pretty eager to like get back to roles especially after missing race day and having it be so sudden like once people were back on campus and once like in-person classes started like two weeks into the semester everyone was pretty eager from those first chairman's meetings to like get back into buggy yeah, absolutely. But I think also kind of on the other side of things, teams were super understanding of like, you know, Sweet States is mm -hmm. doing its best and, yeah. you know, we're getting kind of pushback from the university and like there was kind of that contrast of like the university not wanting us to do things, but like all of the students really wanting to do things and like ready to do whatever they needed to do to get things to happen. Um, so like, although everyone was really eager, there was also like a, a, a really like solid understanding of our situation from the teams. Yeah, that's a tricky business. Like, what were the rules with in-person classes at that that point? That was before we had everyone getting tested. Uh, but I think the rules have basically, like, they haven't changed that much. Everyone has to stay six feet apart. In-person classes are super limited to, like, mostly lab classes, I think, mm -hmm. uh, and other classes that are, like, better in person for some reason, like, not the same over Zoom. Not a lot of people are doing in-person at the moment. That makes sense. So, so by and large, it's still over Zoom. I mean, not even yeah. buggy aside, I just feel like it's got to be such an interesting time to be in college, right? Where like, especially well, at every level, but like as an upperclassman where you kind of had these communities and these people and, you know, I, I trust everyone at, at CMU is pretty smart and safe, but like to all of a sudden not be able to access that I imagine is just tough whether you're in 
buggy or, or anything else, right? Because I assume the recommendations are not really any socialization outside of your apartment or, or whatever your living setup is. Is that right? I mean, social distancing. So always masks and everything. It's, I mean, on the one hand, it's been like kind of challenging to not have the same college experience that we became familiar with. But like, on the other hand, it also has kind of become like a new normal. No, that, that, that makes sense. So, but, but back to the timeline, right? Fall, not too much in place with them, a bit of a waiting game. Uh, you talk about, right, there's a point where everybody starts getting tested. Were there any rules or anything allowed in the fall or kind of like when did you get definitive information there? I think kind of we started to get stuff um, October, like the beginning of October was when they really started to give us the paperwork. Um, and then it was kind of like a big, like, you know, we start submitting stuff again and putting stuff in the format that they wanted. But by the time we like were actually getting solid feedback and stuff, it was too cold to have rolls. Mm. Um, kind of on the other side of things, you had mentioned earlier, Will, like the buggy shops and getting into those. And uh, I think Slice took a little bit longer to get those forms out because they were trying to figure out like how many people they could like feasibly and reasonably allow in the workshops. Um, and so teams, I think by the end of the semester, were able to start getting into their shops. Bethany, do you, do you, is that true? Yeah, I mean, we had capes. So like we had capes approved um, and teams were able to uh, get into their shops, but the limits on the number of people who you can have in a shop, like it's, it's pretty small. And I think it's like 60 square feet per person. So that's like two or three people depending on your shop, which is not exactly a normal shop hours. And that number is also assuming that there's nothing else in the shop and it's completely bare, you know, like no workspaces, no tables. So, you know, we got lucky that the university kind of let that slide and let us have a couple extra people here and there, but like, really it was, it's, it's pretty tough. Right. Cause I feel like, I mean, I've never been in an actual buggy shop, but like the traditional culture is it's sort of like 20 people packed in, like staring around a buggy, lots of knowledge sharing. I, I see head nods um, on this, on the zoom call. Uh, so do you know, have the teams like given the fact numbers decreased tenfold or whatever were there things teams were able to do to adapt like during that fall winter period to keep up with with some of the tech or was it sort of a thing where really all aspects of the sport were on hold well certain teams have been working in like the campus tech spark maker space which has like in, instead of in their normal shop because it has like a higher occupancy limit so those are teams Typically, the ones who were first to do that were the teams who cared a little bit less about like keeping everything super secret mm. and super under wraps. But in order to schedule capes and in order to schedule uh, be able to come to roles, you need to have a, a workspace. And so for those who aren't able to like make it work in their shops, they have been using like the campus maker spaces. Mm. Okay makes sense so really by and large right first semester a little bit of stuff in the shops some capes but no actual rules fast forward then to this semester i know right rules ended up starting beginning of march or so yeah what sort of was that process like to get roles actually opened up so we spent a lot of kind of winter break thinking and planning and, you know, speaking with the administration as much as we could about like, you know, 
we all kind of want to make this happen. We're all like ready to do what we need to. Like, what are you guys comfortable allowing? What do you think is reasonable? Um, and these conversations did continue into like January and February because they were hesitant to give us a final answer until we had like really started stuff on in person and the university was able to see kind of how the weekly testing was going and how our cases were kind of coming back from winter break. So it was kind of just a lot of like planning and thinking and figuring out how we can really minimize our numbers, you know, asking teams, like, can you do it with eight people? Can you do it with five people? Mm. Like, what is kind of the minimum that you can work with? Um, and so, you know, we had a lot of, I think it, it wouldn't have been possible without the level of input that we had from teams, just because like, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're the ones who are doing everything, right? Like we're, right. we're just, <laughs> we're just making it happen, but they're like actually needing to participate and, you know. So it was kind of a lot of checking in with them and making sure what's realistic. Yeah, I do think an interesting follow-up episode would just be sort of what that process was almost like for the teams to make those decisions in terms of like, okay, how do we figure out who the right eight people are? And I mean, I have no idea how recruitment even would have worked this year. Like, I don't know if you have any rough insight into like, are that many freshmen even being pulled into buggy? Cause at that point, like how are people reaching out to them? And then what can you really, I guess you can have zoom buggy class, but you know, it seems like it's such a hands-on sport between, you know, the shop and the roles and all that. I mean, I know some people have been recruited because uh, at least driver wise, like there are some freshmen who are caping. So it's not impossible, I guess. There were like virtual orientation events and things like that at the mm -hmm. beginning of the year that I guess teams used to that, recruit. Right. That makes sense. And I guess with probably your fraternities and stuff, did they have like a virtual rush this year? I think they did. That's wild. Sorry. So all, all of these are just like occurring to me of just like, y'all are going through a crazy, I mean, we all are, but you know, a lot of these things we really, really take for granted. Cool. But right. So sort of February timeline then the university says, all right, the plan looks good. Was there anything too much you need to do or sort of just like, all right, everything's coming together. It's warming up. The The forms are signed. I think it was just a couple of meetings with the administration because I think one thing that I I, I think I, I was having trouble dealing with was the fact that like the people who are making the decisions on this are people who have never really seen Bucky other than race day. Right. Um, and people who don't know that like, you know, roles is nothing like race day and practices look very different. Right. So it's like above the Casey level. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right. Um, and so kind of, we had a lot of meetings where it was just like, this is what Bucky is. Like, this is what we're actually doing. You know, it's not giant crowds of people and lots right. of people crowded around and, you know, like it's, it's very different. Teams are very spread out. Like, and I think those conversations were really, really helpful to just kind of give the administration a sense of like what we'll actually be doing and what their kind of perception of buggy is and what right. differs from ours. Like, That's, I think our first mm -hmm. proposal had 108 people or something like that. And apparently they were very concerned by that number of people around the course, because if you've never really seen that number of people, like, a, a rolls amount of people 108 sounds like a lot and like if you're not that familiar with the course like even more so because you don't exactly know where everyone's going to be and you don't know like that all the flaggers are in a like completely different area right like, the staging areas and each like staging area is like separate from the other ones um 
right? Imagining so, just 108 people at the bottom of Hill 1 or or whatever, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to, you know, how sparse of roles mourning can work. Yeah, administration definitely was, like, the numbers are were a little bit more concerning to them. I think largely because they were relatively unfamiliar with Buggy. Did like every org who wanted something significant and in person have to go through the same process? Do y'all know? No, I think it was a lot more complicated for us because I think apart from just Buggy being a bigger event than what most teams were putting together, it's also like relatively high profile for CMU since it's Mm -hmm. like not like in a classroom on campus like hidden away from the rest of Pittsburgh right like if you're driving by and see a hundred students like hanging out outside Mm -hmm. CMU's campus of course that's going to look really bad to the university um and so we kind of were I think trying to you know grapple with that and again like really push how different roles is from like you know we're all outside we're all spread out like kind of I think that was a big thing from the university's perspective as well that they were worried about for Buggy specifically. Mm, that that makes sense, right? Especially if they imagine, yeah, a race day going on every weekend. Cool. So so you get the roles approved. That's all good. How have they been? You know, we're what, one month into roles? What, what's that been like? Uh, we're just two weekends in. So, oh, okay. Yeah, but they've been good so far. It's really nice to like be back and stuff. Yeah, I think it's been a lot smoother than I thought. Like teams have been so adaptive and cooperative and like awesome this year. Um, and it's been really exciting because like, I think that in some ways teams are like, like last year as, as well, we like saw all the chairmen were like friends and everyone was hanging out. And like, that's kind of in a lot of ways continued this year in terms of just like that feeling of like, yes, we're all individual teams or they're all t- individual teams competing against each other. But in addition to that, like we're all doing buggy together and we're all like trying to make this happen. Um, and so it's been like really cool to just kind of see it all come together. Like there's like, obviously each team is like still keeping their secrets and still doing their right. own thing, but there's so much cooperation and like, that's really exciting, at least to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I, I would imagine, right. If, if nothing else, especially the upperclassmen realize just like, I guess how precious it is or whatever, missing out on a couple of those. Are, are there any major like restrictions or things that make a roles feel different? Cause I would imagine like generally you're pretty distanced, you know, even in a normal year's role. So does it feel about the same at this point or? So we only have four teams out each day as opposed to the usual like 10, 8, 12, whatever number we've had in the past, which obviously feels very different. You know, we were kind of, our numbers ended up being 71 max on the course any given day, um, which leaves us to about 55 team members plus EMS sweepstakes and radio Mm -hmm. club. So that's like a a pretty small number compared to a normal year. And like, the energy in the mornings is different, definitely different. Like it's a lot quieter than I remember it ever being on a normal year. Kind of on the same note though, since there's fewer teams, things move a lot faster once the buggies start rolling because we only have a maximum of seven buggies on the course on any, on most days. And so it's been kind of interesting and challenging for teams to, I think, figure out how to deal with that while also having significantly fewer people. Right. Because even within the teams, they may not be able to get as many folks out there. How many how many teams overall are are rolling this year? I know you said four per day. Is it just eight participating, or do you have to like rotate 
between weekends where some can't even make it out there? Um, we have seven driver buggies and one robotic buggy team this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And then, right. So roles are going, what is there? Is there any plan for like an actual race day? I know, right. Alumni, no alumni at carnival, no alumni at rolls, all that good stuff. So what's actually going to be happening? Is there a race day or is it sort of like, let's just roll as, as long as we can to be able to roll? We're planning for a, a sort of mini race day. That's going to be like rolls, but with five pushers and timed. So hopefully teams will get a chance to like have that sort of like friendly competition, but it's not going to be a whole event and it's not going to be like a high profile thing like it has been in previous years. The results won't be official <laughs> or will they? I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> and I guess kind of, I'm sure the alumni and the people listening are also curious, like we're working with media services to figure out ways to live stream it as well. Um, so we've been kind of hoping to do that in some way, both over Carnival weekend, like April 14th and 15th. And then our race day is going to be May 1st or 2nd, May 1st, 2nd, like that weekend, because we started so late, we were hoping to give teams some more time to roll. So we managed to extend our permits and stuff. Oh, that, that's good. Because I imagine, I forget the exact number of times for qualification, but it'd probably be hard to fit that in over one month. And I assume you're not going to change that especially with no rules in the fall we did like slightly lower it but yeah we there's still pretty high requirements and like you know safety first <laughs> uh, you gotta get people enough roles to be comfortable in their buggies and, and with the lot i know obviously some of this is all still coming together with that live stream you're talking about uh does that mean just carnival weekend is just normal? I guess obviously there's no carnival really. It's just normal rules on the 14th and 15th when the nominal carnival is taking place. Yes. And I mean, our, our time race day will also just be happening during rules times. So if people really want to see it live, like you can wake up at seven and hang out with us. <laughs> right. That's cool. I mean, uh, you know, it's definitely something which is, you know, uh, in its own a big feat that that you both were able to pull that off you know in the in the middle of this i guess kind of within that right like uh the teams obviously you said they've been very you know eager to go but receptive and responsible and all of that is there any observations you have in terms of just like okay now that they're rolling like what sort of things are they working on? Is it sort of like, we're just happy to be there or what are kind of some of those vibes going on actually at roles? I think currently I've been getting happy to be there vibes, especially since we're not having like a, a big deal race day this year. I think a lot of teams are focused on passing on that knowledge and just keeping people involved and keeping people engaged as well as like getting new freshmen and letting them try stuff. For teams who can only have eight people, that's not very many people. So it is a more like intimate vibe almost. Like Tisha said, it is quieter. And I think teams are happy to be there, but also like focused on passing down org knowledge and keeping their traditions like as much as possible. Yeah, I think kind of to, you know, expand on Bethany's point a little bit, it's been really interesting to kind of see since we're at the top of the hill and all of the teams are kind of staged in our eyesight, in our eyeline, 
it's been cool to see the people who are like actually running the show because I think because there's so few people like a lot of the time the people I see doing the buggy things are not really the chairman or the head mechanics anymore because of that focus on like passing down knowledge and like you know the ones who are who are really doing the you know get your hands dirty stuff aren't the people in charge because you know they're they're off making sure that other things you know the less interesting jobs are getting done like barricading or flagging whereas like or even pushing whereas you know they're giving the new students the opportunity to like actually do buggy and see what that's like that's cool yeah right because and this is something i've talked about on a couple other of these right it's such a weird challenge of like not having two race days in a row how do you pass that knowledge on and even within like the eight person teams like obviously i assume there are more people involved than eight right on each of these squads so do you know some of the stuff like are they just doing kind of like routine buggy zoom calls to kind of communicate some of that and like what are the decisions like for how do you actually get those eight that are going to be on the course on a given weekend Bethany, do you know i actually have not spoken with teams about this i mean i only know apex they do like signups you can it's basically first come first serve Mm. um if you sign up too many or if you get in too many times in a row then like you might get switched out with someone who like hasn't gotten to go to rolls yet gotcha Uh, which makes sense and there's been zoom shop hours and zoom general body meetings which is fun (laughs) and there have also been like in-person shop hours in the makerspace and there's been some like zooming of that which seems like a good way to keep people involved if they're like not in the state or just don't want to come in person for right reason. no and that that seems to very much fit the apex ethos or whatnot and honestly probably would be a good episode just to get some of the chairs and talk about you know how the different orgs are making that doing. that decision because i imagine pica probably doesn't have a first come first serve sign up list just guessing there uh but yeah that that's really cool you know, kind of within, you know, those more open teams. And I guess, yeah, you could just have a webcam in there. Um, you mentioned out of state, I guess, are is there a significant portion of the student body who's just not in Pittsburgh? I guess you might not need to be if you don't have any of those high priority in-person classes. I mean, at least some, I don't know like what percentage, but a non-negligible amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's a pretty substantial number. And I think that it, I, my initial inter like understanding of it is that like it is it is there are quite a few freshmen who decide to stay home because a lot of a lot of freshman courses are not in person you know you're taking like interp and you know intra calculus or you know whatever freshmen take um and those courses (laughs) can be offered virtually and are offered virtually so I think a lot of freshmen especially did not have much of a reason to come back or to come to campus right Plus, like, if you don't have a lease, you're not going to, like, come seek out lodging in Pittsburgh because they could only live on campus for one of the two semesters. That's how they did housing this year. It was like you could only get either fall or spring and not both. For freshmen, I think staying home was the easier option. No, that that makes sense. Wow. You talked a little bit about, right, the teams being involved in, in knowledge transfer and 
sweepstakes, I guess it's a little bit different because it's not like you necessarily have like freshman deputies and stuff. But in the same way, I think some of the things sweepstakes does every year is like tries to build on a legacy and put buggy in a place where it can keep growing and all that. So I'm just wondering about kind of your reflections in terms of obviously so much of the year has been spent figuring out just like, how do we make this happen? But as we go into kind of the the final part of the semester, you know, are there things you see yourselves doing to try and, you know, set up next year's sweepstakes chairs who, I guess, even if they're seniors, you know, it'll be their first race day since they were sophomores. You know, I guess you buggy always has some super seniors, so maybe they'll be in place. But, you know, is that something that's weighed on you or anything you've prepared for? I think for me personally, Bethany, you might have another answer, but for me personally, it's been, I was safety chair last year. So I was kind of on sweepstakes last year mm. through that transition from normal to COVID. And because it's such a weird year, I'm not sure how much knowledge I really have that I can pass down to next year's chairman. Like, I'm really going to probably be like, yeah, you should talk to Joyce and talk to Dia and <laughs> talk to Hunter, you know, all the chairmen who had a normal year, because I think that a lot of the knowledge that I've gained this year has not been very applicable to future years. But I guess one thing that I feel like has come out of this year has been like the strengthening of the relationship between sweepstakes and like higher CMU administration, because Mm. I think on a normal year, there's very little, my understanding is that there's very little communication between like us and like the Dean of Students or, you know, really people who are really in charge and you know, they always show up to Buggy, they always talk highly of Buggy, but I think this year they've really, like, seen it, even if they haven't been there, they've really, like, seen what we do and how we do it, um, and so I think that has the potential to, you know, pay off in the next couple of years or long term, mm-hmm. even, um, but Bethany, I'm curious about your answer. Um, I think a lot of my knowledge has come from Tisha. <laughs> I'm not sure, it's definitely a hard problem to figure out how to like pass this knowledge along because I do feel like I have some like safety chair knowledge like how to do capes what to do at rolls things like that I would argue that Tisha has some of that knowledge too like some of the specific sweeps chair knowledge that like you need to know how to talk to the police officers at rolls and like (laughs) coordinate chores and all that but on the other hand like this has been such a different year there's been like a completely different things set of things we've had to worry about we don't know who's going to be sweepstakes next year, like whoever they are, they might need to like get more help from Casey than like in a normal year because, or more help from like previous chairs rather than from us, because they'll be heading into like a completely normal race day and a normal season that we didn't really get to have. Right. That, that makes sense. You're both seniors. Yeah. It's wild. Half, not to rub it in, but just like half of the, the buggies or race days rather, you know, not taking place. I do always, I mean, I feel like we've, we've covered uh, kind of just the, the basic nuts and bolts of everything that happened pretty well. I don't know if there's anything else you feel like worth telling about the, the saga to get rules up and going. I think one thing that kind of Bethany and I were talking about a little bit earlier is just like the impact that not having a normal race day could have on future buggy teams Mm -hmm. because or on buggy teams in the future because I think like roles kind of allows for a lot of the like more technical skills to be passed down but there's elements of race day like just the speed with which everything has to be done and 
you know, this year we're not doing any wheel treating and like that's something that won't be passed down and kind of, I think it'll be interesting to see how that knowledge kind of either resets itself and maybe we'll see like new things next year or whether, you know, teams will just like we are be relying on their older or more recent alumni to kind of help them know how to do things. And it's almost like a completely different set of things that teams have to be doing now because a lot of it is just like lasting through through the pandemic, keeping membership and keeping engagement and keeping that knowledge transfer. It's not all just buggy. A lot of it is team management and that kind of leadership to like yeah. keep people who are remote or like not even in Pittsburgh involved and like still have like your full team going into next year. I think every single team is going to have have trouble in terms of like losing membership and not having a full recruitment season and all that going into next race day. I think like things are going to be a little different. Yeah, it's something we speculated on a, a couple of these about is like on the one hand, does it level the playing field because nobody's able been to do it is been able to do a lot of those things. Does it increase the gap because you know sdc is sdc and they probably have some crazy well-oiled plan you know is it going to lead to you know an explosion and people doing buggy because all of a sudden no one's done activities for two years and it's like shoot we better get out there and and get on the buggy so it's kind of fun to speculate on all that and obviously you kind of touched on that actually i think last weekend we saw I don't, I don't want to name any names, but we saw one team that probably had its highest membership, like number of people out to rolls this past weekend that we've like ever seen for their org. <laughs> um, you know, we were, we were talking about it. We were like, this is so fun. like good for them that they have this many people who want to do buggy, but also it's funny that like it took restrictions and COVID and kind of mm. total chaos in order for them to like have enough people to do buggy out on the course in the morning. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I guess it's probably one of those things, less parties, perhaps, right? It's like an actual social outlet, but very interested to to see how that plays out. Cool. You know, on, on these, I, I, I like to kind of ask, you know, some just bigger questions or whatever, but, you know, obviously just getting to the point where you could roll is, is I think, a pretty big achievement, but are there any sort of like lessons you feel like you really learned this year or things that kind of surprise you uh, to find out about yourselves or about the sport or whatever, having to go through such a weird right year of buggy that, that you'll take away that, you know, obviously you, you might not have had the opportunity to in, in a normal race day year. I think for me, it's definitely just kind of the level of persistence I've seen both like from myself and from the teams and just like from everyone involved, like, we really just kept trying when like nothing was working in our favor. Um, And I think that was like, it was, there was definitely kind of a certain level of somewhat stupid optimism that I think we all had to like hold up in order to like keep ourselves going. Right. Everyone had this doubt in the back of their minds. Like if we were ever going to get to have buggy this year, at least, or we, if we were to get to have buggy, you know, before vaccines were widely available. But we still, we, we did keep pushing. In terms of things I've learned, I think it's been a new kind of leadership for me that like I haven't really experienced before because there are some decisions that I get to make that it's like, no, this is your decision. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been an interesting year for sure. A lot of patience 
and a lot of persistence. And I think like we have we as sweepstakes have super supported us, like supported each other like yeah. a lot. Like I think it's been, you know, I've messaged like the rest of sweepstakes at very odd hours and been like, guys, like I forgot to do this thing. Like, can someone help me out like right now? And I have never had any problem getting someone mm-hmm. to help out. Um, and I like, you know, it's just there's this constant like, are we making the right call? Like, you know, Bethany's messaged me and been like, hey, is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's your decision. Like, if that's what you think is best, like, sounds good to me. <laughs> um, and just kind of having that support has been really awesome and really just like cool and exciting because I think it's a pretty hard job. Um, yeah. And it's nice to feel supported. Right. Totally. And I, I mean, we don't need to go overly into this, but I feel like to, you know, I don't know how distanced or not you're all required to be but probably an even harder job to do over zoom the majority of the time and like just miss out on sort of that you know i certainly have i don't know fawns quite the right word but like at this point fond memories of like late nights of you know everybody working in like a dark room somewhere in the uc or hunt or whatever and like i imagine even within this, it's it's cool. There's that level of support, but it's probably also been a more remote uh, role by necessity, which is also just hitting me how how wildly different that would be. It's definitely pretty different than like what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to laugh. It's just I can only imagine. <laughs> what was I expecting out of my senior year of college? <laughs> Probably yeah. not this, Bethany. <laughs> <Probably>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, not quite this. And and I guess kind of to that too, something I always like to ask people and, you know, this is a weird one where like, you know, always interested in like favorite buggy memories and stuff like that. And it's kind of like you've had a year and a half, I guess, or so of just very strange buggy memories or whatnot. So you know, I guess maybe ask that kind of twofold of like, is there something specific kind of post or during COVID? And then before that, is there something kind of from buggy that stands out before that to you of just sort of like, this is what buggy means or a story or take it however you will. I have a during COVID one. I'll need a second for a pre-COVID one Sure. in a while. But I think during COVID, it was definitely just like the moment when we got the email that rules was approved. And I think I, I forwarded it to the rest of sweepstakes with literally just the words, am I allowed to curse, Will? Yes. Yeah. This is not, this is a CMU alumni thing. Okay. You can, you can say anything, but technically I host it. So okay. I get in trouble, but it's not because it's anyways say whatever you want with with literally just the words holy fuck because like (laughs) that was the only reaction I had in my brain at that moment and then like I think an hour later I was like bawling and I was like shit now I actually like need to do the job that I like signed up for (laughs) (laughs) um and and I kind of like started panic reading all of the documents that Dia had left us on like how to run roles because you know it had been a year like it's a long time for you know, figuring things out. But I think that was definitely like a combination of like joy and panic and relief Mm. that just like I have never experienced before. For like a a pre-COVID one, this was actually like the weekend before spring break in 2020. So like right before COVID when things were still like normal, but right on the edge. So people were already talking about it. Mm -hmm. We had capes for our new buggy. 
And so we were working on that until like 1 a.m. the night before our 9 a.m. capes or whatever. And I remember this just because, A, it was like one of the last times we had that or had that same, like everyone being in the shop, like working on something late at night uh, all together. And also like, I can't believe we did that because after spending so much time in my house for the past year and a half, like, I can't believe we would spend like, you know, 20 hours and then come back for like a few hour nap and then just go back out again to go do classes and buggy. <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy how things used to be, I guess. If you don't have a before memory, that's all right too, Tisha. I just, I, mean, I always I think that's fun. Lo- to, I, I mean, there's lots, right. So it, it makes it tricky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a lot of just like, back when things were normal like doing roles and getting to drive I think is something that like especially something that I felt like first the first weekend we had of roles this year I was like I'm never gonna get to drive again like that's really like that was the last time and I had no clue (laughs) right that's definitely one of them just like you know trying to hold on to like what it feels like to be in a buggy definitely something I remember fondly yeah same uh, someone asked me at Capes, do you miss driving? I was like, yeah, sort of. And they were like, oh, like they were surprised. I'm like, what's surprising about that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. wouldn't you miss driving? <laughs> right. And not to make this overly bittersweet, because it is, you know, a weird situation to be into. And there's no way to. It'd be awesome to almost have like a unfrozen in time race day or whatever, where like, everybody from last year gets what like we get three race days next year but i i don't think that's gonna happen cool so i i do think i covered a lot you know of what i wanted to talk about we we did speculate a little bit on the future i don't know if you have any kind of broad advice you want to throw out to bug ears of of the future let you have that sort of senior shout out i think just like stick with it even when it sucks because it's worth it for when it's good that's something yeah. that I've been like really needing to remind myself, I think. And don't take buggy for granted <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover on there? I know this one was pretty easy breezy, but. Um... I think just like check out the CMU buggy Instagram. Cause we control that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've done a takeover. <laughs> Sweet. As, as all things should be. One day, hopefully, I too am replaced. It's, it's a student-driven sport, not an alumni-driven sport. Uh, that being said, I have no authority to do this, but, you know, on, on behalf of alumni, you know, do very much appreciate all the work y'all have put in, you know, to make even some semblance of this happen and just allow for, you know, a, a continuation and, and having roles and, uh, uh, dealing with all the the bureaucracy and, and that fun stuff i know it is tough you know especially on top of everything else but um very you know impressive that we have buggies rolling this year 2021 of our lord or whoever cool yeah so i, I think that's about it i imagine there's nothing too controversial here you didn't say who that team was my guess is it's but oh no it's actually it's <laughs> oh wow okay we could cut that part out if you want as long as we don't mention the name it's okay <laughs> okay cool uh but cool any any other things from y'all before we sign off thank you for hosting well this was fun yeah, and thank you to both them and everybody involved in sweepstakes student activities 
who worked to make this year even slightly possible. As you can tell, a ton of effort and waiting and patience and uh, political delicacy seems to have been required to pull this all off. But it's nice to see at least students are going to be getting some roles. And it looks like we may have something we'll be able to stream and watch uh, come May. So all that, very exciting. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As we talked about in there, going to try and get a follow-up at some point to talk about um, what the senior chairs were doing and get some of the inside scoop on what it's like been leading a team through this year. So I think that's going to be really exciting as well. Uh, Other good stuff coming up. Recorded some stuff with Radio Club, W3VC, kind of let you know what they do, how integral they are. Uh, Talk with flaggers about the art of flagging and uh, more exciting stuff coming up on Shoot the Shit. So let us know what you think in the Discord. Let us know if you have any ideas for stories. As always, thank you so much to you for listening. Thank you for the Buggy Alumni Association, uh, especially Rachel Schmidt, uh, for all the work that makes this happen. And uh, enjoy your week and happy virtual carnival number two, everybody.